You're listening to Sarah Hagen backstage with interviews and insights from years inside the music industry. Join Sarah as she talks with masters of their crafts, finding out what makes them tick both inside and outside of the music business. Welcome to Sarah Hagen backstage. My guest today, Craig Blundell, is a progressive rock drummer who is known for playing with acts such as Stephen Wilson and Steve Hackett, playing on countless records, and he has created an incredible masterclass community that we will get in depth into and his education programs. We will also talk a lot about his anxiety about being on stage and how he has really overcome a lot of that, and he'll give some great tips. So come along with me as I catch up with Craig Blundell. Craig Blundell, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's great to see you. And thank you for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Absolutely. And let's just start out talking about how you've been through the past year and a half through the whole quarantine and all of that. Let us know what you've been up to. I always feel really bad about these things. You know, it's uh, you can never really put a, a positive spin on, on what's happened to the world and people that have lost so many things. You know, I firstly... I'm super grateful I'm still in music. That's that's mm-hmm. the one thing, you know, I'm, I'm able to pay my bills and stay healthy. And uh, when um, when quarantine hit, um, I was pretty sick myself. Um, last February, whenever it was, I was in Philadelphia and we all fl- flew home and I got really sick on tour, poorly, really, really not very well. Got home and like everybody, it was like, well, this will be gone in two weeks, you know, this will be fine. And, uh, right. you know, we'll all get back on tour again and it'll be fantastic, you know, and, uh, Two weeks became four, became six, and I'm like, oh, what should I do now? And and um, I was seeing increasingly more and more drummers opening up their Macs and say, right, I'm available for teaching because you know everyone's got bills to pay, and I totally, totally respect that. And um, I just thought, I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna sit and wait and see how this pans out. And uh, I've always kind of flown under the radar, I guess, with most like I'm, I don't, I'm not a massive fan of social media and stuff, so I've always kind of just try to have a plan B and a, try, a, pl- a plan C over the t- over my years, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I've been very fortunate. I've been super busy. I played on nearly 30 albums now since, since lockdown happened and so, some amazing stuff and uh, some not quite as amazing, some real interesting <laughs> death metal, crazy projects and stuff. But uh, the, the studio side of things has been pretty busy, um, which I'm very, and I, I write and compose. So, so I've been very lucky with that, doing some beds for TV and stuff like that. That's been amazing. Um, but I, th- I think the biggest thing for me was building. I always wanted to um, build my own kind of drum community. And uh, I love education. It's one of my, I, you know, I'm sure we'll speak about it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not my biggest fan of playing live. I get very nervous. I suffer with chronic kind of anxiety and stuff. So I love education. I love teaching. It's the one thing that I, I set to very early in my years. So um, I set apart um, starting this basic masterclass, like lots of drummers were doing. But I wanted to make it completely interactive and immersive and like nothing else that's out there and uh i think we're 54 classes in now coming to the end of season four and amazing community with all its merch and oh yeah it's 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 crazy a lot of work and my hair's been falling out in clumps most saturday (laughs) nights when i've been writing it all up but uh yeah to be honest it it, the the very long answer cut short is that i feel so privileged still to be working in music sarah and uh i thank my lucky stars every day you know and i I just try to avoid the social media because it can be quite a negative place for a lot of time. But I also, on the flip side, I don't want to be that guy who's like, oh, check me out. I'm working. I'm working. Mm-hmm. I'm working. It's super sensitive for people. So right. I've just gone about my business and been very proud of the stuff I played on. And thankfully, I'm still here, which is uh, yes. very, very fortunate. That That's the important part. And, you know, the really, it's it's a testament to you being able to pivot a little bit and figure out what you could do throughout this time period and you know what you might do to set yourself up for the future um, and we will definitely get into the master classes in the community because I want to talk more about that and hear more about it um, but you are in your space that you created for all of this right now right yeah this is this is basically my study and, and when I first started doing the master class it was all carpeted and there was nothing on the walls and I had like a couple of cameras and that's it and uh, my friends at Roland I mean I, I, I was the Roland demo guy for many, many years. And it kind of, it, it, 
it kind of got a little bit further where I started to work for R&D and the research and development of products. And uh, I've been on the design team for like 15 or 16 products now over the past 15 years, which I'm super proud of, you know, I'm really proud of. And with that mm -hmm. um, comes obviously really nice things mixed in with it. So the masterclass, obviously, I wanted to create this, uh, not just a basically, you know, we, we've all seen it. You know, we've been in the industry for many, many years where you get to a clinic and a drummer just blazes, which is amazing. But I think we've evolved from that now. It has to be a two-way learning experience. And it has to be, you can't really have this because it intimidates a lot of people, you know. And, and also mm -hmm. masterclasses, everyone's a different standard. So, yeah, I created this this room, this space, this this study. And um, I have eight 4K camera angles that, that I can switch to at any one time. So I can teach from the boards. I can zoom in on the feet. I've got all this, this wild stuff. I've got like... Um, uh, hand zone. So I converted my old, I was in the Royal Marines band. So I created, um, I converted my old military drum into a setup as well. So it took me like three weeks to mix this setup, this uh, crazy setup. And uh, yeah, I go live every Sunday and everything is done to a backing track. So there's not click, there's not, um, there's no just go and practice. Everything is choreographed on the boards and it takes me like three days to compose everything in real time. And it's, uh, it's, it's grown. It's grown so much. And a lot of the guys from the industry come in and give talks. They have regular zoom hangs and stuff as well. So mm -hmm. it's been crazy. It's been just more yeah. than I ever imagined it could be, you know? I, I love it. And I, I do, let's, let's get into it now because I have, I have yeah. so many questions. I feel like we could spend a lot of time on this, but, um, with this with these hangs you were telling me about how you kind of connect students with each other as far as their levels as mentors yeah. right or partners um and i love that idea can you talk a little bit more about that yeah i just i just feel that we we live in an age sarah don't don't we where where i mean you go onto some of the drum the big drum channel sites and you'll get somebody and we don't need to mention names somebody amazing will post some video will be teaching on on, on whatever platform and you'll get amazing 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 and then one guy will just say rubbish it's nonsense so everything's mm -hmm. divided opinion and i kind of hate that uh, dr drumming i, I didn't I've always seen drumming as an inclusive community where everyone's supportive of each other. And, and I, I love that. But somewhere along the line, there's a, a miseducation, I think, where, where the harder, faster, stronger sometimes deems better. And mm -hmm. there is no better or worse. And I've always said, you know, obviously there's like, who's the best drummer in the world? Who's this? Who's that? And there's all these polls all, all the time. Everyone seems obsessive with putting people in categories and polls. And I get it. And I've been in many, many times and privileged to, you know, to, to win them or, or not win them. It doesn't really, really matter. I think that can be quite intimidating for people. So what we decided to do with the masterclass community is that, you know, we have a hundred or so people come in every week and, and, you know, there's like 260, 270 in, in the, in the private Facebook group that, and I set them a challenge every week, but what, what, what we did is we, they have a, a regular zoom hang on a Thursday and they have a buddy system. So anybody that's an experienced teacher or a pro will buddy up with somebody who's inexperienced and not a very good learner or reader. So they're gaining experience, but also that the experienced guys are also, gaining patience and a great way to, to model and help somebody. So you'll always have, um, I, I hate the, cate the categorization of, of, of ability, but somebody a little bit further down the road with somebody not so far down the road. And those guys, basically, if I set something on a Sunday, they'll have a couple of hangs during the week or, or WhatsApps or whatever, and they'll kind of buddy up and talk about it and do stuff. And then when they share content in the group, because I do a remix for them every Sunday. So when they share it, They've worked together on it rather than feeling like I've got one lady who came in as a, a massive Genesis and Stephen Wilson fan. That was it. She's now on like a <laughs> TD 17 or TD 27. And she posted her first video this week. And literally everyone's in tears because it's like she was so nervous. But you could you imagine mm. doing that in like one of the, the kind of bitey forums? It, it just get flamed. And, and that's one thing I feel super proud of because I've got all of these kind of newbies or beginners that 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 came in as I, I dare I hate the, the word fans but I don't feel worthy but came in as kind of music fans that had followed me or progressive music fans and now mm -hmm. they went out and because we we uh, we've got a dealer a, a Roland dealer and, and the dealer looks after them so well gives them amazing discounts and 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 all of these people have bought all of this product and now they're all sharing videos of them blazing a Britney Spears prog metal track that I've remixed <laughs> or stuff and it's like you know, two months ago, they were just watching it as a fan. And that makes me happier than being on 
makes me more happy than being on any stage. I think that the reward that you're making a difference to somebody, um, because we, you know everyone's been through their own troubles over this this past year, and you know mm -hmm. the smallest problem sometimes can become the biggest problem. You know, and and especially now when everything's irrational and the world seems to be losing its mind, music is super important. And to create this space for people, and me included as well, every Sunday I know that when I go live at nine and at three o'clock in the afternoon. I've got people from around, all around the world watching at different standards that are just there to get better and hang. And they all talk about all of these things on the side chat. And the community is like one of the most amazing communities I, I've ever I've ever known. And it, it self-moderates, do you know what I mean? Because it's literally yeah. one striking out and you're all there to learn and be patient. And I, I love that. And it's a dying art, you know, be, being kind costs nothing. And, and that's the one thing that I found now through, through this little masterclass thing that started off as an idea now mm -hmm. it's grown into this it's much more than that it's so much more than that and uh it's made a lot of people happy not just because of my teaching but as the way everyone's kind of gone off into their own little splinter groups it's it's i'm super proud yeah. of it, Sarah. Really well proud. you you have you've created a really positive community experience and at a time where people can't get together or couldn't get together in person all over the world it's amazing that they had this place to gather and feel together and feel like community and family and they have something in common you know um it's, it's just incredible that you've created that so great great job with that and behind you i can see a phrase um does it say oh, practice patience yeah. yep practice patience progress i love that that's essentially it you know I, everyone wants to run i mean once again you if you log onto YouTube or log onto, everyone is blazing, blazing. And I, I'm always like, slow down. If you practice, you have patience, that equals progress. And you're gonna sound way better on an album down the line if you've put that foundation in, you know, and that's it, you know. We all see those players that have got these amazing facility, but then it comes down to the real nuts and bolts. And it's like, there's something not quite missing there. Spend years developing sound and tone. And, you know, like, like Mr. Miller, our, our mutual friend would say, like Russ would say, you know, you spend years developing sound and tone. And, and I don't just want to blaze it all on a YouTube cover. Just put it into mm -hmm. something really, you know, I, I've got that one over there, get on the grid. Always about, you know, understanding the value of time, pushing, sitting, coming backwards. And mm -hmm. you have good time and you, you have the patience to, to really work on getting all your playing on a grid. You should always there, always have a little facility when you go to work or get, you know, if you're lucky enough to get asked to go and play on something, you can nail it down because you've, you've put the time in. And, and that's my mantra for sure. For sure. Yeah. So you're not just teaching how to play the instrument. You're also teaching um, how other values. You're teaching kindness and community and mentorship. And, and then also, Absolutely. you know, how to... Um, actually kind of survive and make it in this industry because it definitely, sure. it, it isn't easy. Um, yeah, but that's so, that's so, so great. And also like all, you know, playing on all of those albums throughout the quarantine is fantastic. Are there any that um, stand out to you as, you know, something that you're really excited about or proud of? Yeah, I'm very proud of, uh, of well, I'm proud of a, a, a lot of albums that came out. I, I think, um, the one that stands out for me that that was top of the progressive charts um, last month was uh, we have a guy in the UK called Matt Berry. And uh, for, for for the kind of stateside, um, probably musicians that watch it, there's a, a TV show. I was speaking to um, Todd Zuckerman about this. One of his favorite uh, actors is Matt Berry. And he stars in a, a show called Toast of London about an, 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 an out of work mm -hmm. actor trying to make it. And he's terrible, bless him. And um <laughs> I hooked up with Matt about five years ago through social media. So there, there is some something good in there. A mutual friend hooked us up and he saw some of my videos. I, I think I was touring with Stephen Wilson at the time. And Steve and all the guys used to love toast, me included. And uh, I found out that Matt lives like six miles from me. But not only is he a, an accomplished actor and, and very, very well known, he's a monstrous musician as well. He's an amazing musician. So we played, um, we've done two albums together. We played on Phantom Birds last year with a, like a legendary pedal steel player called BJ Cole, which is amazing. And then this latest album was a full lockdown project um, called The Blue Elephant. And it, it charted and it did really well for Acid Jazz Records. And it was just me and him. And it was back to the old days. So the kit was like covered in towels. It was hard plan left, hard pan right. Everything was like a, a, a just a take, you know? It was like, let's mm -hmm. just see what happens and play lots of percussion on it. And it did so, so well. But I just remember at the time, more of a mindset thing, you know, it was like second lockdown. Everyone, everyone by the by this is by this time is just like, 
everyone's mindset had changed and it was fairly negative place and the weather over here was rubbish as well. I just remember that being a super uplifting time when I was recording that album. And mm. uh, and and the one recently that I did from my studio, um, which which was the uh, the latest Steve Hackett album, which is he's gone back to his kind of more prog progressive roots. So uh, I, I think it's Nick DiVigilio has played on it and I played on it, uh, which was um, amazing. So that was fun. That was fun to do. So it was all everything 16. So back to the days of being on tour again with almost like having an abacus by the side of you counting the time signatures. So that was great. <laughs> so that, that was a challenge. And I played on loads of stuff. I've, I've played on, uh, I'm, current, I'm currently working on a, on a game uh, a, a, a Nintendo, oh, no, not Nintendo, a PlayStation game for a composer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm doing some music for the Olympics, for the BBC, for some idents for that right now. Oh, great. Um, I've got this uh, jazz fusion thing, this uh, this artist from Germany that I start work on tomorrow. So, yeah, the, the, the diary is, is, is fairly great. And then I got a, a drum academy coming up, a drum camp with, uh, unfortunately, it's supposed to be Greg Bissonette, but with COVID, couldn't get over. And then rehearsals for tour start. And fingers crossed that everything keeps healing and uh we get, i go back out on tour for the best part of 18 months so it's uh yes and that is so that's so exciting i'm psyched for you i saw the tour dates um posted so my fingers are crossed too because that's that's so great and you're going out with the uh, the genesis um revisited right yeah going out with steve hackett like absolutely iconic iconic um, iconic musician what one of my favorite guitarists you know he's a living legend and um yeah the band are kind of very virtuoso bass they're all monsters and uh the crowd is interesting you know having done four years with stephen wilson taking over from marco who's a monster you know yeah this is also it has its own challenges so we're playing the whole of seconds out so uh um i got something which i'll share with you actually i've not shared that mapex have not put anything out yet but i'd love to share it with you is that uh I was obsessed with Brand X and Phil back in the day. Obviously, they were just blazing, you know, and my dad used to listen to Genesis records. And I remember that 1977, Phil was on his, um, uh, I wasn't, obviously, I don't remember it then, but looking back when I was a bit older, I remember uh, Phil on his, on his BLX kit, his Concert Tom kit, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the dream. And I've mm. got a premiere Concert Tom kit. So I uh, I spoke to Maybe, I was I, like, I don't want to, I don't want to ask too much that they, they, you know they made me that that signature snare which is amazing and i thought mm -hmm. do you know what if i don't ask you never get so i i, I said i sent mapex an email i'm like guys pretty pretty please could you uh <laughs> if i a picture attached could you possibly make me a one-off concert tom rig for the world for the seconds out world tour and then complete silence complete silence <laughs> like ah there's the endorsement contract being ripped up in oh, no. right there. so um literally uh three weeks ago it arrived and it's the <gasps> same finish as phil's it's the same finish oh, so wow. it's, uh, it's it's design lab series so it's the cherry bomb so it's cherry and um I, I was looking through it and i was like right i did lots of research like phil was eight through 18 and and, and then mm. he split out some of the, the rigs and stuff and i was like right if I'm going to do this, because Mapex will only ever make one of these, I want one of everything. So bless mm -hmm. their hearts. So I, I went full Celine Dion diva with them and said, right, I want this. <laughs> I didn't, but I, I sent you them did, this, but this email. You did start the email with pretty, pretty please. So that's. Yeah, I did. I was quite important. polite. Yes. I just finished it. If you do not do this. Uh, no, I <laughs> um, so uh, and, and bless their hearts. Me, actually, me and Russ were chatting about this um a couple of years ago and we mm. were talking about this and the concept and it was like well it's great for design lab you know it's like it'll be very very unique and it just looks cool again it's retro cool so yes. i've got eight from 18 and this morning i got the set list through and we're playing some stuff that needs a gong drum and because it's prog i have to have a gong drum it's the law so um, you do yes yeah they're, they're just they're just uh sorted me out with a gong drum which is getting shipped so i have a photo shoot on it week after next so uh it looks amazing. And um, Paiste, I've looked through all the old Paiste catalogs of Chester's because Chester and Phil at the day and, and we're all playing 2002s and 602s. So uh, mm -hmm. been speaking to the guys at Paiste and we're going to we're going to kind of replicate the setup with it with a, a kind of more of a, a me meets Vinny twist of the modern essentials sort of side of wow. things. So, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be crazy that the setup is mad and fully electronics with triggers and all sorts of weird stuff going on as well. So. I'm I cannot wait. <laughs> it'd just be nice to be in the same room with musicians again and playing Sarah. Yes, you know, it's just absolutely. I've literally flown flown solo for a year and a half, and the master classes. It's still flying solo. Everything else in my own studio is still. It's you know, you're doing sessions now on on Zoom, and people are watching you and making the changes on Zoom. It's it's this become that new normal, hasn't it? So absolutely. it'll be nice to be in a room with people for sure.
Yeah, and how great to be playing in bands that have the fan base that's just like, you know, almost rabid in a way. <laughs> but like, oh, do you know what? Uh, I I hope no no Genesis fans watch. Well, I'm sure they will. But uh, um, it's it's an amazing gig. It's 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 honestly it's very very unique. It's like if you were ever want to go to the ladies' toilet, you can. It's free. There's no lineup ever. So it's like. <laughs> Old middle-aged men, normally dressed in beige or brown, with comfortable shoes on, basically gently nodding their head, like 3,000 people or 4,000 just nodding their head, which is kind of cool. But the one thing I love, and it was just like, you know, when I was playing with Steve and playing some of the porcupine tree stuff, some of those iconic parts that Gavin had to lay down. Mm -hmm. If I didn't play them, I was kind of like burnt at the stake the next oh, day on yes. social media. And it's like, oh, God. They want it to I be perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, they're, I well, they're also drumming episode. along with you, you know. Oh, it's so <laughs> strange, honestly. It's my 2015. I got my first like real break. I've been a working drummer over here for many, many years, but kind of, I guess, on more on the world scene without without sounding as contentious, conceited as that sounds. But you know, on a proper world tour with Stephen, and uh, we get to these gigs. And I would look up, and I'm quite nervous on stage. I, I'm not one for the limelight anyway. And I would look out, and it would be Zildjian, Tama, Peist, uh, all on these sides. And then you'd have Gibson, Fender. It's, it was like the mo most perverted, weird tennis match you've ever seen for music. <laughs> it was like, what is going on? So I'd be on this riser, and you just see a sea. Because drummers, when they're drummers, love wearing product T-shirts. It's what yes. they do, you know, which is kind of, it's a weird cult thing they have, and I love it. Um, but you'd look out on a gig and you'd be like, oh, no, don't do this to me. And you just feel like you're an exam. And with, with Genesis, with, the, with, the, with doing the Genesis, they're playing a lot. And I still, you know, it's, the first half is all Steve's original stuff from Spectral Mornings, the iconic album, which is great. But mm -hmm. the second half, it is literally, no matter where the audience are, when those Collins parts or whatever it comes happen, the whole, all the audience move their heads like, it's like the most freaky, choreographed, weird line dancing thing you've ever seen in your life. But uh, <laughs> it's a great gig. Steve is a gentleman. The crew are amazing. And I'm oh, so lucky. I, I thank my lucky stars, you know. And the beautiful thing, we get loads of musicians come out to the concert. So if we're, you know, from New York to, to, the, to the West Coast to Australia, we always get lots of musicians. I always get to see a lot of my drumming friends come out, yes. which makes it even worse. You may realize you're in more of an exam and it's like, but it's, 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 it's a great gig. It's so much fun, you know. That's and amazing. All I have to do is, 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 is kind of nod my cap, doff my cap to Phil or the drummers that have gone before, but I'm allowed to be me. Phil, um, Steve lets me be me, which is great. I can add my own little bit of personality to the gig. And that's quite rare, you know, as you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, 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 I love that. Yeah, I, I think, you know, just thinking about Phil and, you know, of course, we have to mention in the air tonight, it's like the most iconic drum fill. Anyone who's not a drummer, children, grandparents, yeah. everyone knows that drum fill and kind of, you know, drum along to it. So it. Um, yeah. it has to be it just it has to be amazing to be, you know, playing that music and and it's, part of it's that. Great. More into the, I tell you what more fascinated me as well is not just because I got really into Phil when he's doing the Brand X thing. That's the real thing that that got me like, what the hell is going on here? I didn't mm -hmm. I didn't understand it at the time, but I knew I really enjoyed it. You know, and, and my father, God rest him now, I came from more of a progressive background. I've not never really fitted into the kind of the UK kind of groove orientated scene because mm -hmm. I've always liked weird music you know that music that people can't dance to and you know it's just you know i've always found that formularic music that really appealing to me and of course mm -hmm. the market consists of not that many people you know so yes um, it's the music that i've always really found fascinating fascinating but but not that i i guess i think for me with phil and genesis over the years it was the electronics they brought into it like the cr78 and mm -hmm. like when you hear like in the air tonight and you got that doom, 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 that going through it, it's like this CR78. And, you know, I've, be, I've managed to get hold of some of the real old instruments to recreate that and resample it and stuff. So I'm fascinated with, you think that's like the best part of 40, over 40 years old now. And it's still, that music, I guess, really stands the test of time. And, and, mm -hmm. and you know, you got bands that have just, I've just, I was seeing today, um, some of my friends in King Crimson are back in the States rehearsing for tour. And it's like, great music never dies. You know, pop will have its its cultural swings and it will mm -hmm. have its trends and stuff. With bands like Crimson and Yes and Hackett and Genesis and and those bands, the good musicians or, or strong musicians that are into it and have devoted a lifetime playing, 
will always be available and always be you know be playing it which which i just love you're not you're not stereotyped for how you look or mm-hmm. or you're not cool enough to go on a pop stage and and you know um i so i just like the fact that i you know when i get booked to do this job it's purely on how i play and how what i'm like on and off the stage not how i look and a certain image it's not about imagery you know and uh Absolutely. it's prog so I, and i'll have to wear a cape and some sort of wizard hat at some point i'm sure but that's okay <laughs> <I can do> that. <laughs> but you're good for now this is good <laughs> yeah i think so i think so i, I hope so, so. i have to say being an audi- audience member as well is uh very comfortable when you're a prog rock fan and you can just show up in like dark clothes and be comfortable, yeah. right? And, yeah, yeah. and nobody really, nobody judges. No one cares. I mean, nobody cares. I've seen some of the weirdest stuff when I was out on the road with Stephen Wilson. A lot of it in <laughs> South America, essentially, like really crazy stuff. And nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I, I just love no. that. It's just about the music and on stage, off stage, the audience. Everyone goes away having had a blast. And and, yes. and that's. That's what music's Absolutely. about. It's emotive and it should be, you know, it should be great for both parties, you know, and that's for that's sure. It, you know. I can recall um, two shows that I went to where I definitely was in the audience looking around like I def I did not dress to, to fit in. And one of them, <laughs> one of them was Usher. I went to see Aaron Spears play with Usher oh, and yeah. so, so such a great show. Um, and sure. I love Usher and I love Aaron and it was so great. Um, I mean, I was standing in the audience, like looking around going, nope, don't, don't fit in. I I've got, you know, it was winter time and I had a winter coat on, of course, you know, because it's Boston and it's freezing. Um, but I was way overdressed. There were, there were not many clothes in the audience. And then, um, the other one that I can think of was Beyonce. The fans Uh, are incredible. Yeah. just kind of run the gamut from every fashion choice you could imagine. And it was, it was so cool just to just to like people watch too but yeah. i was thinking oh, like yeah. okay i need yeah. to up my fashion game when going to these shows I think. <laughs> <laughs> but um great. but the prog rock thing is a total totally separate thing i love prog rock i grew up listening to um all of that music i'm a super fan of of everyone that you mentioned there and and marco yeah. of course and gavin and um tool and and all that music but it's i did want to ask you did you grow up listening to that how did you what was your music of choice as you were kind of like starting your journey in music and drumming i think ever since i can remember because i started playing at three my my parents were friends um of a guy called Ian McGee who was in a band called the Swinging Blue Jeans, like a real big 60s band, like Liverpool, kind of like a, a Mersey beat, sort of Beatles band. And um, my dad, I was very fortunate. My dad listened to everything from like ELO to Supertramp. So I had this kind of weird upbringing. And then he went into like people like Jean-Michel Jarre. The, the, so he, he had this electronica thing going on mixed with um, this underlying current. And then he, then he started playing some of the Yes albums. And I, and King Crimson. So I was brought up on a diet of that stuff. And I think if you hear it for long enough, it goes into your DNA pretty much, you know, and uh, I never really listened to pop music. I, I was always, uh, you know, with, with, with my Walkman on it in, in, the, in the schoolyard with my headphones on or, or delivering papers and stuff. It was always the kind of heavier band. And then I went down to the, to the heavier route, listened to like anthrax slayer and all those guys like in the mid 90s when i was cutting my teeth and um i realized i love that as as well so i was never really i never really listened to the mainstream stuff uh i kind of i still do i do a little bit i do a little bit i've been educated quite a bit i do listen to bits um of like accessible pop stuff but i just i actually really enjoy the music i i really love playing it and uh you know, to get that break in 2015, to get that call out the blue, that audition, it's, it, you know, it genuinely changed my life. It genuinely changed, changed everything from being a working drummer here in the UK. And I turned pro like three times and it didn't always quite work out. So going back to a day job and did all the day jobs under the sun, as I'm sure many people on the podcast will, 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 will relate to, you know, I wasn't born with, there's your gig. It was like, I've got to work at it. I really have mm-hmm. to work at it. And obviously, um, like, you know, USA will have its its kind of 
um, downfalls when it comes to auditions and, you know, around the world, music industry is healthy, then it's not healthy. And then you'll, you'll go to an audition, you'll have 90 drummers turn up for one audition. So, mm. you know, the music industry has always been pretty tough, no matter where you're based, what, what country you live in. So I, I was always like, I just got to keep going if I want it. And before my dad passed, and that's one of my biggest regrets is he passed in 2008. And I wasn't pro at the time, but I was building, I was getting close. I, I, I had a couple of job opportunities that were like, this could give you six months work. And, and that mm. was the dream, you know, it's, even though I, I consider myself being in the industry for the best part of 30 years over here or 20, 25 years, I, I, I've never really scratched the surface. And that's why when the opportunity came up in, in 2015 to audition for Stephen, um, and, you know, I've got a lot to thank Gavin for. When Stephen had a choice of two drummers, Gavin um, said, choose this guy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very, very, very fortunate. And uh, little did I know what being on tour at that level was like. You know, I was not prepared. And it was uh, it all came so fast. You know, it all it all happened so fast. And I I, I, uh, I got that gig. And then I, I got a before that gig started, I, I had a month to learn it. I got a I got a call to cover Chad Wackerman on this crazy power trio with Stu Hamm and Jennifer Batten. So wow. playing weather report stuff. So everything just came at once and it was super overwhelming. And uh, I, uh, yeah, I just grew up with Prague. So I had a, a natural affiliation with Time Signature. The one thing I didn't have, and uh, I don't think enough drummers talk about is, is, is I didn't have the mental capacity to deal with it. And mm -hmm. quite, quite frankly, I'll be really honest with you, Sarah. I've, I've spoke about it a few times in various magazines and stuff. I wasn't good enough. I wasn't at that level. And um, that's the one thing that I can look back now with a smile and think I've worked so hard these past six years, like taking my plane. I was a pro, but there's a level of pro and then there's a level of pro. And I look at the people that had that drum chair, you know, like, like Gavin, like Marco, you know, they're sub, superhuman, they're amazing people, but they're superhuman players that, mm. that are flawless in every way. And, and I was far from flawless. I was nervous and eager to impress and copying all Marco's fills and getting them all wrong and trying to be Gavin and getting Gavin wrong because you can't imitate that it's perfection. And it's, it's, they've spent their whole lifetime on that. And I think once once my mindset changed, because Stephen used to record the show every night and go back to his bunk, listen to it, and then bring you in the next day and talk about your performance. And uh, the chats were pretty long in the early days. And um, mm. it took a long time for me to say, right, do you know what? I'm not too proud to say I've got to work that little bit harder. I'm on the world stage now. I've got Modern Drummer asking for interviews. I've got all of these cover shoots for Drumhead or anything like that. I feel like a bit of a fraud. And uh, I, I, and, and, and I, I love... I love talking about that because I just don't think enough people can say, look, I was uncomfortable in that arena or uncomfortable in that environment. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it, you know, it, it, you know, when I, when I speak about it in the masterclass or stuff like that, you know, I get people that have horrendous stage fright or have that imposter syndrome or don't feel like they can play in a bar if somebody with a Zildian t-shirt walks in, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. that's okay. That's, I feel it too, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm not going to say at this level. I'm just going to say on a world touring stage, doing all these arenas and stuff. I feel it too, and I, I, I basically locked myself away for four years on tour and practiced harder and more efficiently than, I, than I've ever done. And my playing changed so much in that four years to what it is now, to what it was in 2015. I look back at some of the YouTube videos in 2015 from sound checks, and it horrifies me. I mean, I'm still pretty proud, but. It horrifies. I have my head in my hands, like, oh man, how was I on that gig? You know, mm. and, uh, but that's okay. I think that's yes. okay. What, what, what doesn't break you makes you stronger, right? So it was like, right, I need. I'm just need to work harder. I can't. I'm a forward-thinking drummer, and I pride myself on not, you know, playing complicated music. But I'm playing mm -hmm. complicated music, not fluid and not great and not original. So. I need to change that. And uh, that mindset has stayed with me now. And, uh, you know, I'm so focused and, and I practice harder than ever, but I, I practice more smart, not, not duration. I, I practice smart, not, not, uh, not eight hours, nine hours. I've done all that. I just practice more efficiently and smarter. And uh, when I sit down to play now, I feel like for the first time in my life, uh, especially going back to the rehearsals coming up, I feel like I can truly be me and I can really express if that wow. makes sense. It's like, I've had it here. I've just not been able to, to translate it to the hands and the feet because mm -hmm. I've always felt slightly shackled by ability and, you know, and, and intimidated as well, intimidated by the people that have gone before me on. I've always been the guy who's got the call to, can you cover, can you cover? And mm -hmm. unfortunately the people's I'm cut, the people I'm covering now are complete A-list monsters, you know? So it's like, yes. right. 
Okay, (laughs) and uh, I need to work a little bit smarter and uh, just, you know, I've devoted my whole life to this, but it's not, it wasn't quite there. And uh, I, uh, I'm proud of that. And um, I just don't think anyone like anyone who is watching this back, never be afraid to say I'm not good enough or, or it's not, I'm good enough. I'm just slightly underprepared more than I'd like. And Mm -hmm. I want to sit that little bit taller on a gig and express more. And it may not just be chops or numbers. It's the whole package. It's your sound, mm-hmm. your tone, your tuning, everything. And you do learn it with experience. And boy, did I learn it the hard way in front of thousands of prog rock fans every night. I oh was my gosh. really tough, like super, super tough. But uh, you come out the other the other end and uh, I, I'm here and I've got another world tour coming up and uh, I feel ready for the first time in so long. I feel really oh, ready. You know? I love that. that. That makes me really happy to hear. I feel like that's such an inspirational story for all of the people out there thinking like, I'm not good enough for this or I'm not in the right spot. Maybe that's the case where there is an opportunity to work a little bit harder, but it's a mindset thing. And you you embraced it. You thought, okay, I need to work on these things and this is what I'm going to do. And um, I can't I can't imagine the feeling of of following you know, the monster drummers like that in front of these really dedicated fans. But I, you know, you, and I love that you also said that you're proud of the music that you created because it is incredible. And anyone who's heard it is, you know, will agree. Um, You are an incredible drummer. And I just, I love that you feel ready for this for this tour and i'm wondering well, same chat, probably I'll, I'll message you in three weeks you're like oh my god it's all gone wrong I'll play, <laughs> help. <laughs> but I, yeah i just i just i personally feel right this this i mean i the fans put me through a hard time with steve steven has an amazing fan base i'm gonna say mm-hmm. the fans i don't mean all of them mm-hmm. i mean the doubters and some of them still do they have all these forum chats about marco versus gavin versus blondell versus all you know it's just it's never sure. ending. pigeon um the fans put me through such a hard time. I would people going out of their day to 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 to, and it was one of the reasons that I kind of stuck away from socials. People going out the day to to go, log on to Instagram or Facebook and tell you how much you'd ruin their night, or like Blundell's rubbish on this or that, and it was just like, oh my god, I I felt like I was going to literally have to give up on the gig. I I'm quite a sensitive soul, so mm-hmm. I'm not made of stone as a lot of guys, and and, and I, I love the fact that I can talk about it in publications because if I can make one person read that magazine or watch a blog and go, holy, one of my favorite drummers or one of, I have a poster of this guy on his wall. He's going through what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. I just love that, Sarah. And That's so good. I just don't feel, we live in an environment, we, like the arts, whether you're an artist, anything to do with expression, it's, it, you need, we need, we're people that need gratification, aren't we? We mm-hmm. like to be told, we'd, I think everyone does like to know we're doing a good job. I'm one of these people that, if I'm doing a, a, a gig to a hundred people and one person doesn't like it, I'm going to focus on that one person or sure. 10,000 and 10 don't like it. I want to make that person happy. And mm-hmm. sometimes you just simply can't, you know? You can't. So yeah. I, I was like, I'm making all of trying to make all these people happy. And in doing this, I'm making myself super unhappy because I'm mm-hmm. compromising myself, what I do as a musician. And I need to be putting all this energy into me and getting better. So if I've got another nine months on the road, I need to be fitter. I need to be stronger. I need to be happier. I need to play better. I, I all of those things, all about efficiency, mm-hmm. because if you've got that there, then surely when you sit down to express, if they don't like it, it's with the greatest of respect. It's it's not my problem to take on. I've given it the best job I can. You know, the, mm-hmm. the most I can put into that physical gig. I've given it. You know, and uh, yes. I just feel it's very easy for someone to log on and tell you how negative or how much they're enjoying it or not enjoying it. You know, we're musicians. We like praise. We, you know, we're quite fragile creatures, really. Sure. We don't, well, always, and we don't always talk about it. And I feel mm-hmm. that the drum industry or the music industry could do more for talking about this and to say, like, I'm on, I'm playing, you know, I'm playing three nights at the Palladium. I'm, I'm at Best Buy in New York City or, or, or whatever. I'm going on stage and there's Jordan Rudess and there's Omar Hakim and there's um, all of these Samuel Jackson, all of those guys in front. I'm having a really rotten time of it. I mm-hmm. can't deal with it. Da, da, da. How refreshing is it to talk about that from, from one of your heroes to say like, wow, that is amazing. You know, mm-hmm. so yes. I just feel like, Everyone thinks that we're made of stone, especially with the more kind of 
masculine prog like the metal like the big the big kind of like masculine stuff and it's not that at all it's 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 really not it's certainly no, for me it's, it's certainly for me it's very sensitive very very sensitive and i know the the musicians that i know who play prog music are actually maybe the most sensitive because yeah. there's something in well there's something in all music that's emotional and um sure. um what is the right word i guess Oh, open, you know, it feels like something it's, it's creative, it's emotional. There's something in there. That's how I feel about the music. But I think musicians, when they put themselves out there in any style of music, it, it's coming from a place of creativity. It's coming from the heart. It's emotional. Yeah. And so you want other people to love it. You want them to feel what you're feeling when you're creating it. It's just like a I painter agree. or any other creative person. So it's hard to I deal agree. with people who don't appreciate it, who don't take the time to um, let themselves be open to it. Um, and also those who actually make time in their lives to tear others down. And that's the part Absolutely. I think I have a hard time with. Um, oh, Sarah, I'm, I'm on the same page with that. And mm -hmm. I somewhere along this line, somewhere along this, this amazing thing we have, the internet, and don't get me wrong, social media kind of my audition was Facebook with Steven. Mm -hmm. So I'm very grateful for social media. I know I bash it and I barely post anymore and I probably will have to at some point, but right mm -hmm. now it's not important to me. It's not good for my head health. And I prefer to channel my time, not spending an hour on social media. I'd prefer to spend an hour practicing and then go and play on an album. So that's how I would see myself right now. Mm -hmm. I just feel that we could do more in the industry to I, you know, the great uh, Mike Johnson did did Be Kind campaign thing a few years back, and it was great. Mm -hmm. He even got trolled doing that, you know. And, I, you know, sadly, you know, you look at the, the great job that Drum Channel and Drumio and all those guys are doing, with it comes an absolute minefield of, of ill ill-mannered and lack of education people that are easy just to put people down and don't realize that you were that guy. You were that mm -hmm. guy three years ago, four years ago that can't quite play a power diddle in time. And mm -hmm. where's this, this big respect bubble seems to be getting smaller. For, for me personally, it's what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Of course, we're, we are an amazing community with friends that, that despite allegiances to brands, still hang out and still talk and still, you know, good people are good people in the industry. And it is yes. small. But it is small. It is tiny, as we've spoke about. You know, it is mm -hmm. tiny, tiny, tiny. And um, I, 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 people trying to break into it, they don't realize that when they log on and they say this stuff, that is hugely like career suicide straight away. Absolutely, you know, yes. That guy, that name, that IP address, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. you will never get a gig off me, off Gavin, off Simon Phillips, off any of that. We'd mm -hmm. see how that person behaves online and guy and be like, I don't want this guy even putting air into my tour bus tires, let alone be in the band, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, it's, it's just, it's, you know, it, it costs nothing to be kind. And, and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm strongly of the mindset. If you've got nothing nice to say, don't bother. Don't, don't bother. There's, there's yeah. videos I see online every day of, of things that I think, oh, that's not quite there. But the last thing I'm going to do is, is ruin someone's day by telling them. Absolutely. It's, I yeah. don't get it. I, 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 I live by that same motto too. If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. It's a something you learn as a child, right? And That's right. I think some people need a reminder. Yeah, I, I, I agree, Sarah. And just because someone's blazing a Beyonce cover on YouTube doesn't make them a, a bad, good, indifferent drummer. It means they're having fun. And if they're going to mm -hmm. post that message for likes, good on them. That's amazing. But let's Let's not, I don't choose to go down that route per se, but the last thing I want anyone, certainly anyone of the students that I would mentor or anybody that I would, you know, educate, you don't flame that person. They're just doing what they're doing to make them happy. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what is going on in here that day when they're sharing that video. They might be having a rotten time and those 10 likes will get them through a day mm -hmm. or they're trying to get a gig or, you know, everyone's trying to make their own way. So I, uh, yeah, I, 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 I've been on the end of it, even as a, you know, as a pro. You know, I, yeah. I, when I, I, I was on, I came, I don't know, one of the modern drummer polls, I came second to, to Mike Mangini, I think, or Gavin or whatever it was. Oh, the, the, all the nonsense I got, like the flaming, like, it's like, oh no, oh, guys, have a day off, just log off, go, yes. go and tidy your bedroom, come on, go <laughs> do the dishes. <laughs> do something like, productive, oh. right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. But well, I, I do think we should do more. I do think we, it should be a zero tolerance, like really. I think it, it it moderation of, you know, I see it, I see it on, I'm sure you saw it on Zildian, I've seen it on Mapex, I've seen it on Peisty, mm -hmm. I've seen it on all the sites 
when the company share a message of a drummer playing, some of it is horrendous what you see still. I saw some yes. of it today. And it's like, Absolutely. we need to do more. We need to stand up and say, you know what? That's not okay. That's yeah. not okay. And, you know, and it goes even deeper to um, people making comments about people's looks or features or something like that. And I'm just like, how horrible is that? Obviously, it's terrible to to um, talk negatively about someone else's playing. And then and then you have people making fun of the way people look or or dress or whatever. And it's just kind of like, wow, you know, I never forget it. I did. I I was in Switzerland um, on tour with I think it was Steve Hackett. And uh, I was invited to the Paisley factory and, and um, working on, on some symbols with the guys. And, and I, we, we shot some PSTX videos, like, and uh, super happy to put it out. Of course, I'll give them some content. Great. Mm-hmm. We had a great day. They upload the video. The first comment was like, wow, Josh Hom got fat. And I'm like, no, (laughs) really, really. I've just spent like the whole day filming. And this this doofus logs on and go, well, Josh Hom got fat. I'm like, you win. Thank you very much. And do you know what? I challenged him. I was like, dude, (laughs) you know, why not? I shouldn't, but I did. Next day got up, comment deleted. It's like, oh, Well, right. And that's the interesting thing. I think a lot of people don't, look at so so they they look at you as more of like a character than a than a human right because you're out there and you're doing all this stuff and maybe inside they wish they had those opportunities or however they're feeling but they don't Mm -hmm. think that you're actually going to read that or that if you did read it that it would even affect you because you're not you know you're you're just Mm. this this entity right but when when confronted i think they realize whoa wait a minute he read that and oh oops you know but maybe that person will think twice i don't know maybe not i just i just had that moment normally i would just go oh you're an idiot just let it go i i just i I remember the film falling down with michael douglas where he has a really bad day and just goes goes on a rampage i just basically logged on i'm like right i'm gonna show you i I, you know it's not the whammy burger (laughs) type thing but i'm just gonna log on and say this is not cool man come on and it's not deal with it it's not cool Whatever. No, but I, I love that you, I love that you're spreading the the positive message, the be kind message, and the mentorship program. It's so great, and I'm wondering if you know, with your anxiety, you talked about your stage fright and everything. Has the has the over um, like almost being over prepared? Has it helped with that? How is how are you working through that? So I, it's a very much a mindset, you know, I remember, I remember playing um, Royal Abbott Hall a couple of years ago and uh, walking on stage and sitting down. They had this thing, Stephen had this thing uh, called No Twilight, and I'd walk on the stage for the second half on my own at the Royal Abbott Hall, and you start to do this solo, but it's in 21. It's in 21. Of course, it can't be in 4-4. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course it has to be in 21. But it all fits. It's all choreographed, and it's, it's, it's wild. It's, it's an amazing track. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting on the stage, the whole thing in darkness and seeing the top. And obviously it's the Royal Albert Hall, which is amazing. And, and sitting down there and I, I got my ears in and I'm like, oh Christ, 21. Okay, here we go. So, and somebody, I played the first bit and there's, there's a pause. Cause it's like, a, it's almost like a, an open-ended drum solo and each member comes on and starts playing the part. It's all choreographed. I remember somebody shouted blunders from the top. I burst into tears, completely burst into tears. So um, it, thankfully it wasn't on the Blu-ray, but I was looking down completely overwhelmed so i mean completely overwhelmed looking down playing this this wild stuff literally tears flying into my snare drum just like oh this is bad this is like oh man completely overwhelmed by the occasion completely under under, uh, overwhelmed by the stage fright and Mm -hmm. i always had this impression that you know i think partly the fact that the the gigs i've come in have always been pretty high pressure in terms Mm -hmm. of the play the gig. Yes. I'm not just going to sit there and do that. It's always, it's always been high, high pressure. And um, I, I, I just think I had a bit of a, there's a, a bass player in Stephen's band called Nick Beggs. He's a bit, he's a bit of a legend in, in those circles. And um, he was just basically like, Oh, just, you know, look at the audience, take your clothes off, flash them. No, he's a real extrovert type. And I'm like, I'm completely <laughs> opposite. You know, I, I look like a, a middle-aged geography teacher when I go to work, you know, which I love. Um, I don't fit the prog rock banner at all, which I, I absolutely love that stereotype. So um, I, uh, I would, I, 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 tend, I tend to now, my coping mechanism is I will sit, I will go and sit at my kit and uh, 
I will just sit down. I'll, I have I have this thing, and I was telling my students about it, and it, maybe this helps one person. So during sound attack, um, sound attack, during sound check, I uh, I'm having a nightmare. During sound check, <laughs> I will sit down on my chair on my throne, and um, and you know I'm not over it, but I'm certainly way better than I ever was. You know, mm -hmm. nobody will really notice. It's just in a, in a in a stuff now. During my sound check, I'll sit down while the crew are all doing all the stuff, and I will take a moment on my own on my own and i have this thing called safety points so i will sit down and i'll look around an arena or a venue and i'll look at the fire hydrant i'll look at the the bar up the maybe top and see things that are lit up mm -hmm. or a fire entry or stuff like that and, and that's cool so i've got my places that i lock into i then go off stage and, and get ready and um i used to watch all the audience coming in and which is just like no absolutely don't do mm, that yeah <laughs> don't, don't. Do that. uh so, and, and then um so the intro music, whatever plays and, and in ears are in, we walk to the stage, I sit on. The first thing I do is look at all of those places and see that they're still there. So the only thing that and then and then not changing till the end of the gig, they're going to remain there. Mm -hmm. So that gives me a bit of comfort. Now, no matter what happens during that gig, those five things are still there. And mm -hmm. I remember how they made me feel at Soundcheck, like, oh, that's a pretty door. That looks cool lit up or that bar rail looks great. So so I'll kind of digest that and I'll think that I'll sit there and then I'll sit down and see a front row because I'm at the back, like high up at the back. I will just look at the people looking at me and I'll just smile. And one thing I've never had the ability to do is to gain eye contact and because I've mm -hmm. always felt very intimidated by an audience. So I will sit down. I will look at the audience and all the, the, the prog drum geeks are all there. I will just look mm -hmm. at them and I'll, you know, I'll say hello and, and wave to them. And it get, creates that impression of me on a riser and those guys looking up because during the gig, it just it switches like this. If you, mm -hmm. if you make a few mistakes, the audience, I see the, I've always saw the audience on top of you and kind of laughing. It, go, it goes back to, to psychological stuff, I guess, I guess really. And uh, so what I do, I have my safety points. I sit down, I smile. And then if I make a mistake, I smile, you know, it's, the, you know, it's hard, it's hard music. I, the mistakes are a few and far between now, thankfully with, with digging deep, but I have those little points around that arena or, or room mm -hmm. or venue, whatever it may be. And they really do get me through. They really, That's if amazing. I'm feeling like I, I've got to go and play cinema show now, which is like iconic seven, seven, eight craziness. Mm -hmm. I will just look up at them and occasionally just glare up and you know, I think, yeah, okay. And for the moment, I'm just there. And it's, I remember how it makes me feel at soundcheck and uh, it's a coping mechanism. You know, that's it's great. just a coping mechanism. It's, that's a really, really, really that's, that's great. That's really, really good advice. I like that. And I think so many people listening can relate to that. It's, it's a scary thing to be playing up on oh, stage sure, or doing sure. anything it's, up on stage in front of people, right? Oh my gosh! The, the 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 one thing a story I must share with you it's it's amazing. I'll I'll tell you a super quick version of it. But uh, I was playing somewhere on the east coast actually, and uh, I was out with Stephen, and uh, it was a very early on. So we'd done South America, and it was straight up to the east coast. And uh, I was just cutting my teeth really with the gig. And uh, the one thing that I learned to to all the viewers now, and I know you've got some heavyweights that watch this, and and I feel very privileged that they do. You know, to to the younger element that are watching this never second guess your audience never try and get into the mind of what somebody is thinking so i was doing this gig and i had this one guy and he was wearing a tama t-shirt and uh, he was right front and center in my eye line of course he's got front and center <laughs> and uh it was a fairly on and i'm playing this this track called ancestral and once again it all goes off it's all wild it's in many movements and everything's like choreographed to screens and I, i'm running clicks and stuff and uh, i'm playing it and this guy is just like looking at me like like he's basically is like a scene from scream where everyone's like laughing and the, the one serial killer's like staring you down and um i remember just catching eye with this guy and just thinking oh shit, i'm in for a rough time here and uh, i started playing and I, i'm watching him and nothing i'm playing is making any movement in his face whatsoever i mean he's literally like a stone i made a mistake near the end of it and he laughed he laughed Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, oh man, oh man. So I, I was done for the first half. I was like shaking. This guy basically wants to, wants to absolutely kill me. Anyhow, second half come out and uh, started playing again. And he's literally arms folded. Like we will not be impressed. No matter what you do, I am not going to be impressed by you. I want Marco there. I want Gavin there. Oh my goodness. So I'm deeply involved with this guy's mindset by now. I, I like really shouldn't be. I've got thousands of people either side mm -hmm. of me, but I am so invested with making this one Tama guy happy. Anyway, got to near the end of the gig and he smiled a bit when I made a mistake and stuff. And I smiled at him and, and it, it was a, just a very strange thing. Anyway, 
came off stage. I'm like, I need to go to the toilet. I've had a rotten night at work. My, my nerves were shot, you know, three hour show mm -hmm. and my nerves were shot. And I'm like, I'm going back to the tour bus and like security, can you walk me back to the tour bus? Cause there was, there was like a few fans outside. Anyway, the guy is by the tour bus and I'm like, Oh my God. So I said to the guy, he's big, big guy. I'm like, this guy's kind of giving me a hard time all night. And uh, would you just keep an eye on me sort of thing? I'm this little fragile kid. <laughs> I'm not a kid, but I'm fragile. So yeah. uh, he's like, yeah, sure, Mr. I'll look after you. So he walks up and he went, Mr. Blondell. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, can I bother you for a second? Can I speak to you? And I'm like, oh, here we go. And he's like, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, right, what's, I what's he got in his hands? Seriously, what's he going to put in the back of me? Like, this is super freaky. Mm. And he gave me a hug and he was crying and he was crying and he was, sh I could feel him shaking. And I'm like, you okay? And he was like, you just made me so happy. And I was like, man, you just put me through hell. I'm like, oh, yeah. tell your face. Like, if you are that happy, tell your face. And the one thing that I've really learned, Sarah, is that if someone is happy, you know, not everyone shares it. Not everyone shows it. So mm -hmm. try it. I, I made a point of getting invested in this one guy in this arena that was so miserable that just couldn't share how happy he mm -hmm. was. Right. You never, when you go and sit down and play a gig and, and Mr. Zildian with a t-shirt comes in, don't look at his face. Just think mm -hmm. he's not on the gig tonight. You're there mm -hmm. to entertain. Do your job. Don't change your playing for him and have a chat with him afterwards. Perfect. But this guy, I genuinely thought this was it. This was it. And he was in floods of tears and he had the best night. And oh. it ruined my gig. It ruined my gig. I played, everything went my sweaty palms and I, my whole mindset changed completely, right. 100%. And uh, yeah, it, it, it turned me inside out. Turn me inside out. That so. that is, I can feel the anxiety of that. Like I can yeah. just imagine. But that's that's amazing though, and so insightful that you just never know. You never know what someone's thinking. And and I like that that uh, phrase. Tell your face if you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> tell your happy, face tell that you're your happy. Face. Right. Come on. Um, that's it. But, you but just, it's it's that thing. And no matter what market, you never, you know what, you're gonna make, you're gonna have people that can't show emotion, and mm -hmm. it's not your fault. You know, mm -hmm. if you speak to them once, maybe they're maybe they're nervous as well. You know, you got this whole thing, yeah. this whole spaceship rig that maybe they're intimidated as well. Mm -hmm. So, it's a two way street. You know, it's all about communication. So, all I do now is I sit down, and this is the this is the reason that that one guy was the reason. I sit down, I look up, I look at my safe points, I smile. And it takes someone made of stone not to smile back, you know, even at a prog, a prog gig where everything is yes. taken way too seriously. And it's almost <laughs> a parody of itself. I sit down and I smile and, you know, you've got me for three hours. So you yes. know, enjoy because I'm going to give it my every every shot, you know. It's, That's it's, great. And I'm glad yeah. you're enjoying it more now being on stage. And I, I think one of the things that I think about um, when something is difficult or something is anxiety inducing um, for someone. And I personally like public speaking was always something that was really, really hard for me. Um, yeah. And the, really the only way that I overcame that was just to push myself to do it. Just get up there, even though you know you're going to be shaky and you're going to be nervous and you're going to sweat through it, you know, just do it. Just keep doing it. Keep pushing yourself right absolutely there's that phrase and it's like feel the fear and do it anyway and it is yes that, you know i think of all the countless clinics i've had to do now and uh stand up and present for roland and all that sort of stuff and and give like all this interactive you know product launches and, and mm -hmm. to be able to talk i'm fine with that it's when i am it's it's when i get behind the kit i get the same insecurities what you've probably felt that mm -hmm. you know everything dries up and you're like you get that imposter syndrome and it's like yes. you just the more you do it sometimes yes. it goes away sometimes it doesn't and sometimes you need coping mechanisms sometimes it doesn't but yeah we're human we all and suffer you know, that you know i think i think the the best compliment is when someone says to you like you look so comfortable and calm up there and you absolutely. think okay i'm okay now <laughs> i can do this yeah, and then next time absolutely. you feel a little bit better about it and i think i think that's really the only way to overcome something like that and then also the coping mechanisms so i love that you shared those i love it um, i just think it's it's so it's 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 such an important part of what we do day in day out you know mm -hmm. everyone will see an end product the end product being an album or mm -hmm. or, or or a concert i just think it helps so much more when you can share or talk about your feelings before you recorded the album, before you went on stage, because mm -hmm. 
it doesn't show vulnerability. I like I like the fact that if it helps, you might get a hundred people go, oh, man up this horrible rubbish phase I hate. And you get that 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 stupid phrase, but. I can get up past all, all of that. Mm -hmm. Those guys are the problem themselves. If it helps one person, one little girl, or one little guy pick up a pair of sticks and get past that one little bit of the first hurdle of nerves um, mm -hmm. to post a video on social media and have their family like it and not be trolls. That's amazing, isn't it? What a gift we have to yes. do that, to, to be able to give that. And I feel so privileged that I have a voice to be able to to talk about it and share it both on and off the stage mm -hmm. because I feel the more we can all talk about it, the more this pressure, this nonsense macho behavior where people feel the incessant need to talk and put people down, whether it be male or female, um, I just feel that it, it doesn't need to be this way. And the more that respected pros industry come out and talk about hey guys this is about two-way respect it's not about the best it's all about one long road and you're all at different parts of it and there mm -hmm. is no finish line you're all growing you're all growing why put someone go why put someone into reverse what's what's how is that going to make you feel and someone else feel imagine if that was right. you if right. you coming and saying you suck it's going to make you feel uh, just minuscule you know? yeah terrible absolutely yeah. terrible yeah, um, but sad. you know, if, if someone wants to join your community, how would they do that? Would they go on your website? I, yeah. Just onto my website and go to tuition and it's all, it's all there, how, how you do it and stuff. And you'll see this, uh, that silly graphic of all that sort of stuff will be there and yeah, you can, you can come in. I, obviously there's what I've, what I've arranged to do, which I'm super proud of and, and no one's really done it yet is that, um, with my colleagues at, at, at Roland, I've, uh, I've, I'm taking a streaming studio on tour with me and uh, I'm getting like the desk mix. I've got four 4K camera angles. So I'm going to do streams from Soundcheck, but live interactive ones. And what they're going to get is not just an iPhone. They're going to get full over the top drum cam, front cam, presenter cam, backstage cam. I'm going to have a lapel mic that I can mute during the gigs and sound checks. And wow. I'm going to give lessons from hotel rooms, from venues all over the world. And I still love my education and that's not going to go, go away. I'm still writing. I'm, I'm, I'm writing a, a, a super immersive drum publication at the moment. That's that, that I think is really special. And, uh, that, that has, you remember those books when you were a kid that it like, I'm, I'm probably a hell of a lot older than you, but these books that they fascinated me as a child that you go, you open them up and you go to like, you read through page 13 and they say, right, did you defeat the dragon? Yes or no. If you did go to page 57, yes. if you didn't go to page seven. Yes. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book that's based on that 365 challenges, 365 days a year with wow. 365 tasks and 365 pieces of music to go with it. And uh, it's, it's taken me like 14 years to collate. And, that uh, sounds amazing. It, like yeah, the choose really choose your own adventure books, right? That's what that's they it. were, I that's think, it. right? It's I loved those as a kid. So yeah, good. That's it. So it keeps you interested. It's not just yeah. dots for dots for dots. It's like, I'm struggling with that. Okay, well, let's go to a mechanism to get you through. And then let's, because this week you have a play along on Wednesday, mm -hmm. Wednesday evening at seven, you've got to play along so that your whole year is mapped out. That's it's uh, so 365 great. a year in study. It's, it's wild. And, uh, I'm working on it. I'll, I'll, I'll share, I'll share, share some stuff with you. It's, 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 it's wild what I've been writing. It's like, I can't, stuff. I can't wait to see it. And I will share yeah. links in the uh, YouTube Thank description you. too. So people can check out your Thank site. You. Um, and before we go, I have to bring up this really fantastic video that you posted and, um, and it's funny and it's so great, but it's the rhythm is everywhere video that you, that you made. With, oh, with sounds from around the house and <laughs> it's so good. It's so well put together. And it just reminds me, and I know all the drummers listening can relate to, you know, finding things around the house that make noise and make a nice sound. I mean, I'm just looking I'm on my desk here. I have a tape measure because I'm hang measuring and hanging some things, but like, you know, noises, all the noises yeah, yeah. around the house, you of hear course. music in them. If you're a musician, that's like, that's what you do. You tap on things. You yeah. make sounds. I all the time. I'm I'm known for driving people crazy with my zippers. Like if I wear a, I have a sweatshirt on with a zipper right now, and the zipper Scratch going TV. up. And, it's great. It's a great sound. I know. It's amazing. Right? It's amazing. Yeah. 
Do you know what? Do you know what triggered me on that? The the thank you for that. That's really kind of you. I I've done a couple of videos with my son. Like we did a drum and bass one as well, which was wild. We're using some like pebbles and stuff and oh crazy stuff. Just fun, just fun. You do when you're off tour. I, do you know what got me on this? I was asked for Roland to commission make some artist drum sets. So I had to I had to commission some artist drum sets, uh, like five artist drum sets. And um, I was looking for a bass drum sound. And I couldn't find a bass drum sound that I really, really liked because I had to create all the sounds from 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 scratch. Mm -hmm. The best bass drum sound I could find was the palm of my hand, not the fist, the palm, slapping one of my sofas in the studio with a <laughs> just a, a field recorder. Like I, I felt like Dr. Emmett Brown from Back to the Future, like create, running around the house creating all these crazy sounds. The best bass drum sound, and I I, I hit it, and I I put it through Logic and and like moved a few things around, put some delays in. Now it's like that is a monstrous bass drum sound. And the bass drum sound that I use in my TD50s, I have two TD50s running, is that is that sofa lay, layered with like a 26 inch Bonham style kick. So it gives the attack and the depth. And that's what I was like, do you know, in, a, in the pro world, I'm putting that into a rolling module. So it's like, <laughs> it's so one great. Of best, one of the best, um, one of the best snare, snare, snare sounds I've ever, ever had for drum and bass was taking a load of cutlery out the cutlery drawer, knives, forks, and spoons. And the drop, the drop sound is the layered sound on the snare. So it's almost like a tambourine effect. That that just gives you the most monstrous drum and bass sound. So yeah, it's, I love that stuff. That's so great. I'm I'm so into that stuff too. Just working with sounds for so many years and and yeah. kind of like pulling sounds out of people's heads when they describe what they are looking for and then yeah. manifesting that in an actual instrument. And I I watched that yeah. video and I'll also put the, the link to that video in the description too, because it's so great. And I love that your dog is like, what are you doing banging on my dog bowls? Yes, you know? like, what are you doing? <laughs> Seriously, what are you doing? Have a day off. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, but this, yeah. my family's the same way like oh mom's at it again just man you yeah. know making breakfast Turning making music DJ. on the poster and you know yeah. <laughs> just that's great so good right there is it's music great. everywhere i love it rhythms yeah, everywhere is. so really thank is. you so much craig i really appreciate you being with us today and sharing so much a valuable insight and um, recommendations and it's just it's amazing to get the chance to talk to you so thank you for being thank here you, Sarah. i mean what a great opportunity to get to speak properly you know it's uh like i say you're a legend in the industry and uh what you're doing now for drummers around the world and how you're helping and and spreading yourself so wide and far to help people is 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 spectacular and uh yeah, long may it continue. I wish you every success. And uh, to all your, to, I, I know you've got some real heavyweights, probably a lot of my heroes that watch this cast as well. So I feel really privileged. And uh, to the young element, just never give up. You never know who's watching and uh, keep on going. Music is, is special. And, uh, you know, everyone that's watching this will have a gift. Don't be afraid to share it. Simple as that, really. That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And we my will pleasure. talk soon. I look forward to seeing you on tour. Thank you, Sarah. Thank okay, you. Okay, take care. Thank you for tuning in today. Join us each Tuesday for new episodes of Sarah Hagen Backstage.